You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Thursday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade. Excited to be back for another day of the show. Apologies for not dropping an episode yesterday. It was honestly one of those things where it's kind of the holidays. I've been pretty busy, been able to churn out shows, right? You know, there's been a lot of content, a lot of things to talk about. But honestly, after the Iowa Northwestern game, I was just tired. It was a long day. And I'll be honest, I went to bed. So, apologize for not dropping a show yesterday, but we have a show today, and we have a show dropping tomorrow as well. I'm pretty excited about tomorrow's show. We are we're joined by a special guest, Leah Van, who's going to be the new Hawkeye football beat writer for the Cedar Rapids Gazette. We have her joining the show to tell you all about kind of her past, her background, how she got here, um, her passion for sports, all that fun stuff. Um, it was an awesome interview, and honestly, her story is it's amazing. So you're going to really enjoy that. So stay tuned for tomorrow's episode of the show, giving you a New Year's Day Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. But it is New Year's Eve. I hope you all have some some get good plans, some safe plans in place. And we have a lot of content to cover for you today, specifically in the basketball front. Lots of stuff going on in the basketball front. Iowa took down Northwestern, number 18 Northwestern. I think, as we all saw, the world is not ending for Iowa basketball, as some predicted after our loss to Minnesota. Also, Minnesota's been doing pretty darn well, so not exactly a bad loss by any means. Also, lots of other news. Xavier Williams, a redshirt senior from Northern Iowa. He is transferring to Iowa. We're going to talk about how he fits into that Iowa defense. Nicholas Bayer has joined the staff as a student assistant. Multiple Hawkeyes have officially announced they are leaving, and one Hawkeye has announced they are returning. And then also, Geno Stone was claimed off waivers by the Texans, likely going to get a lot of opportunity to play this upcoming weekend, given the fact that it is the last weekend of the season. And Davian Nixon, named the 27th consensus All-American in Iowa Hawkeye history, another fantastic season by Davian, or a fantastic season by Davian Nixon, another All-American season by an Iowa Hawkeye. You love to see it. We also are going to wrap up with a preview of the Iowa Rutgers game. So that's all coming up on today's show. Now, let's get into some Xavier Williams talk before we get into the Iowa Northwestern discussion. I know um, probably some of you came here for the basketball news. I want to make sure we talk about the football news as well, especially considering we're kind of on that football theme, right? Zach Van Valkenburg is returning. We also get Xavier Williams. Those are two big reinforcements for that Hawkeye defense. Zach Van Valkenburg first. Fourth highest rated defender on the team in 2020 at 73.8 PFF grade. Third on the team in pressures with 19. Third on the team in sacks with six. 97th in the nation in pass rusher productivity. 110th in the nation in pressures. That's a big, big return, especially for a defensive line that has had a lot of turnover the last couple years. We talked about it, but they lost four starters two years ago. They lost three starters from last year's line. They're losing Chauncey Golson. They're almost guaranteedly losing Davian Nixon. And it you know kind of depends. Do we get Zach Van Valkenburg back? Do we get Jack Heflin back? If possible, then we return half of our line. If not, we're replacing all four guys again. And it's very likely that all four of those guys could have left. But Zach Van Valkenburg, the first domino to fall, he is returning. And I cannot, under, I cannot overstate how important that is for the continuity of that defensive line and the strength of this defense. I'm really excited to see what he can do in his third year with the program after transferring in. Um, Going to be a lot of fun to watch Zach Van Valkenburg in an Iowa Hawkeye uniform for year three. Sounds like he's excited as well to be playing in the Hawkeye uniform. So good stuff there. Mackay Sergeant Keith Duncan have officially entered the um, NFL draft or at least left Iowa Hawkeyes and the program. Wish them the best. Really excited to see what they can also do 
at the next level. And then finally, Xavier Williams. Um, this is a guy who is an Iowa native from Burlington, Iowa, went to Burlington, Notre Dame, was a preferred walk-on offered to Iowa. He had an opportunity there, but chose to go the full scholarship route to Northern, Northern Iowa. Can't blame the guy. He ultimately played pretty well. He redshirted his first year, then broke into the scene as a freshman, was named a freshman All-American, a three-year starter at Northern Iowa, has the versatility to play both safety and corner, played corner as a younger player, played safety later on. And with the pandemic happening, right? Northern Iowa was not going to be able to play a season. He entered the transfer portal. But unfortunately, with those decisions being made so late in the process, he really didn't have a lot of options on the table. And so he sat out. He ultimately was going to return to Northern Iowa, it seemed like. And then a few weeks ago, entered the transfer portal again. He heard from multiple teams, Virginia Tech, Virginia, West Virginia, Utah, Illinois, multiple multiple teams, and also Iowa. And ultimately, he chose to stay in-state at Iowa. And I think there's a couple reasons for that. A, Phil Parker has proven himself to be the best in the business at developing defensive backs. Look at any of the defensive backs that have come here over the last, hell, seven to 10 years, at 20 years since Phil Parker's basically been here. We have been churning out fantastic NFL level defensive backs, which you love to see. So, why not come here? Also, again, he's an Iowa native. He has a son here. He's want to be close to, the, to him. And then again, playing on that big stage for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Um, chose to not come here as a preferred walk-on. Chose to you know go to Northern Iowa. Now has the opportunity for, to play for Iowa this upcoming season. He has one year of eligibility left at this point. Where does he fit in, though? This guy is a ball hawk. He's a playmaker. He likens himself to Tyron Matthew. I mean, this is a guy who can play all over the field. Honestly... If you're really thinking about it, he would be the perfect fit for that cash roll in the Iowa Hawkeye defense. And where I actually think he's probably – what's going to be interesting is how this whole defensive back situation plays itself out because Matt Hankins is most likely gone. We haven't officially heard anything, but Matt Hankins most likely going to go to the NFL. Then we have Julius Brent who transferred out. We have Riley Moss as a starter on one side. Right now it would be Terry Roberts as the guy on the other side. Caven Merriweather – Caven Merriweather, excuse me, at the strong safety – we have Jack Kerner at the free safety and Dane Belton at the cash position. Kayvon Merriweather's the one who has not played as much, right? Hasn't been the starter nearly as much. Not that, that is going to, you know, have give you any indication as to who's starting next year, but where Xavier Williams plays is going to be interesting because what Phil Parker likes to do is get his best defensive backs on the field. And right now there doesn't look to be a true fit at corner, but I think Dane Belton could play corner. We saw him play really well in the slot. I think I really do think he could be a great corner, but then you lose some of that ability to rush the passer, to do some other things closer to the line of scrimmage. But we actually talked about it with Matt Vandenberg on the show. What is in store for Dane Belton? They really need to figure out where, what is going to be his fit here, right? How, what, how much size does he need to get to? Right now, he makes sense to play corner. He could slide over and play that cornerback spot. We could also have Xavier Williams play that cornerback spot, and that leaves you with essentially the exact same rotation. You're just trying to figure out where these chess pieces in Xavier Williams and Dayton Belton play at. And I truly think this is a great scenario for Iowa because they do have so many versatile defenders to be able to play in that secondary, and Phil Parker does a really phenomenal job of working those guys in. So regardless of where he plays, I know Phil Parker is going to figure out what's best for the team and get his best defenders on the field. So that's exciting. Um, along those lines, I forgot to also mention Barrington Wade. It seems like he is leaving the program, not necessarily going to the draft, but it seems like he might be on his way out, um, choosing a different path, whatever that may be, at least based off his social media. Again, 
that could be a, a sign that Iowa is, you know, really buckling into this 4-2-5, which they re- they've shown they have done so far. But then you add a guy like Xavier Williams, again, giving yourself that versatility on defense to play a, num- a number of different, for, you know, variations of a defense. It's it's a phenomenal pickup. You're going to get a guy, he's a one-year guy, but he understands what the Iowa Hawkeye way means. He understands how to work hard. He knows what needs to be done, and he's shooting for the NFL. He's going to come in ready to play, and I'm really excited to see what he can do with the Iowa Hawkeyes. That does it for our football talk, though. Coming up on segment number two, we're going to get into the Iowa versus Northwestern game and why we saw a couple really good things and what we learned about this Iowa Hawkeye team from that big win over Northwestern. Before we get into that, though, you've heard me talk about this company a lot, and it is Built Bar. The reason why I talk about them so much is because I am a believer. I'm not kidding. I have a Built Bar every single day for breakfast. I've tried so many different flavors, and I've come away impressed with everything. My latest craze. If you heard me talk, I love pumpkin chocolate chip. I love salted caramel. I love cookies and cream. But my favorite now is mint brownie. Holy crap, I love it. Tastes like a peppermint patty if you love that with a little bit of chocolate as well. And again, all these bars are covered in 100% chocolate. So if you don't like mint chocolate or mint brownie, there's 17 other flavors you can try that are all covered in chocolate. But it's not just the taste that is amazing. And again, this Built Bar tastes just like a protein bar, but it's the health benefits as well. When you look at one of my favorite flavors, it's cookies and cream. In that tiny little bar comes 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. It's a perfect snack. It's a perfect post-workout you know, snack. It's a po- perfect breakfast supplement or breakfast replacement. Um, that's what I use it for. So I highly recommend if you haven't checked out Built Bar yet, go to BuiltBar.com right now. And right now, if you use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll actually get 20% off your next order. So use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, y'all, betting on your team doesn't have to be a guessing game anymore. If you just listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers, subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcast at. And believe me, they are 8-1 and one as far as winning days go. The only day they lost was the day they bet against Iowa. So as long as they're not betting us Iowa, I highly recommend you check out handicapping expert Lee Sterling and your boy Q talking on the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag. Let's get into some basketball talk, though, right now. So obviously the big takeaway here is that Iowa won the game, right? All is not over. Iowa takes down Northwestern 87-72. Life on the Big Ten road is difficult for any road team, as we saw when Iowa went to Minnesota. Iowa takes down Northwestern at Carver Hawkeye Arena in the middle of a snowstorm. And my biggest takeaway from this game is the fact that Iowa did it without Luka Garza having a superior game. Now, Luka Garza, that's that's an anomaly, right? We saw it last year. He doesn't have many of those. Almost every game is his, even his average game is better than most people's great game. So when Luka Garza has a 6 of 14 night for 18 points, shooting 42%, that's not great. For Luka, that's actually a pretty solid game for most most normal college basketball players. But again, Luka Garza did not have his typical, you know, player of the year type of game. And the fact that Iowa still won by 15 points shows me that this team does have the ability to do that. And John Rothstein, I thought, John Rothstein, excuse me, I thought made a fabulous point. And I've, I've been saying it prior to the season is that if Iowa wants to be successful, they cannot go entirely through Luka Garza. And his dad will even say that. 
right? Like you want to have everyone else involved. Luca even says it. You don't want it. Just, just the offense shouldn't just be consistently revolving around him. You want everyone involved and everyone making baskets. And we saw that against Northwestern. The other takeaway: it's great to see Jordan Bohannon back. I have been relatively critical of his performances. I think that's fair. I'm not saying Jordan Bohannon is a bad player. I'm not making those ultimatum, um, you know, statements that you know broad-reaching statements. But you can say that Jordan Bohannon has had bad games this season. However, he came out motivated. Not saying he wasn't motivated, but he came out firing six of nine from behind the perimeter. 67% three-point shooting, 24 points. He got involved defensively as well. That was actually the thing I really was impressed with. Obviously, the three-pointers are fantastic to see. It's great to see him hit those. But I really thought defensively, he did a great job. Four defensive rebounds, five total rebounds, five assists. Really played an all-around outstanding game against Northwestern, putting in 36 minutes. It makes sense why Fran wanted to keep him in and give him the most minutes on the court in that game because he was the, one of the most effective, if not the most effective player for Iowa throughout the game. And the plus-minus, you know, the plus-minus even show that uh, to an extent that Jordan Mohannon was, that the team was much better when Jordan Mohannon was on the court than almost anyone else in that game. I'm actually going to pull it up right now just to confirm that because I thought that was the case. So Luka Garza had a plus minus of 17, Jordan Bohannon plus minus of 10, and TJ Frederick of 11, Keegan Murray of 16. So again, Jordan Bohannon, the fourth highest plus minus, but what he did shooting wise, what he was doing as far as getting involved and active on the defensive end was really exciting to see. The, the rotations also shortened up a bit. So that has been a concern in the past couple weeks where Fran McCaffrey has put interesting rotations where you're not really surrounding playmakers with shooters, right? So when you do that, it, it takes away a lot of what you can do offensively. He didn't do that in this game. What I thought was interesting, one of the most interesting things I saw was actually that Keegan Murray got 21 minutes and Jack Nungy got eight. And Jack Nungy was expected to be a very key cog in this wheel that runs, right? That Iowa's offensive second team was going to be solid because it had Jack Nungy. But as we talked about in the last couple shows, he hasn't been that effective shooting the ball. In this game, eight minutes, two points, two rebounds. Um, he didn't shoot anything from behind the perimeter, which is good to see. I want to see him get closer to the basket, um, start playing more of that back-to-basket game. But 21 minutes for Keegan Murray, eight for Jack Nungy. Um, I think you're going to see Keegan Murray continue to get involved in that aspect. And a lot of that was because Connor McCaffrey got in foul trouble early. And as Fran McCaffrey does, when you get in foul trouble, you're not going to play that first half. So Keegan Murray did get a lot of minutes. But Keegan Murray and Patrick McCaffrey, two freshmen, I thought, really brought the intensity on that defensive side of the ball. And although Iowa still allowed 72 points, although their Ken Palm defensive adjusted efficiency ranking still dropped to the mid-90s from the, you know, high 90s. I thought they played really well defensively. Those two guys did a great job of bringing that energy and that intensity. I love seeing Keegan, Murray, Keegan Murray's dunks. Those are always a sight to see. CJ Frederick, I thought, shot the ball really well, as we have seen him do throughout this season. Three of six from behind the three-point line. Again, what I actually, one of the things I really like about, you know, CJ Frederick's game at this point is when he catches the ball, pumps, takes one takes one dribble and pops it open, you know, it's almost always going to go in when he does that. It's a really nice move that I've seen him do, and I've really enjoyed watching him do that and take advantage of overzealous defenders. When you look at the box score, though, what I thought was interesting, I didn't even realize this, was that Northwestern actually shot 44% from three. They had 11 turnovers, which is a little bit of a difference, but the big difference was the free throws. Iowa hit 20 of 25, Northwestern hit 9 of 14. And also the second chance opportunities. I thought Iowa did a better job of capitalizing on those second chance opportunities, despite the fact they actually got out rebounded 
in that aspect. Northwestern had eight rebounds. Iowa had seven rebounds offensively. And still, Iowa, I thought, did a good job of capitalizing on those offensive rebounds. So, nice to see that all around. Um, Joe Toussaint, that's probably the only concern I saw from the main concern from this game was Joe Toussaint did get injured. It sounds like Bram McCaffrey's not worried about it. When asked about Joe Toussaint's injury and why he didn't play, he said, I don't. I think it was enough to give me pause to put him back in. He really wasn't ready to go. As the second half went on, he, he was anxious to get back in there, but I wasn't going to put him out there less than 100% with an off day tomorrow and a game Saturday where we're going to need him. And I completely agree. People were worried. Why wasn't Joe Toussaint playing? Why wasn't he getting in the game? Because he is probably the most athletic player we have from an offensive standpoint on the court at any given time. However, I agree with Fran there. You know, we had the we're already up, we're winning. Do not risk injury or further injury that could keep him out longer in that game. But again, the, the keys I want to point on here is again, I thought it was interesting that Keegan Murray played more minutes than Jack Nundy. It'll be interesting to see how Fran gets Jack more involved going forward because he clearly is struggling with his shot. It's just not working as well as we thought it might coming into this season. Where, and you see with Jordan Bohannon that the approach there was different, right? Because Jordan Bohannon, we've seen him struggle at times and then come in and get hot and get his confidence back. And Fran actually talked a little bit about that as well after Jordan 6 of 9, 9 from 3. He said, yeah, he was spectacular tonight. I mean, 24 and 5, 6 threes. I think you can kind of see it coming. He had a couple games that wouldn't be up to his standards and, that, and he's a competitor. As fierce as a competitor as I've ever been around. And he challenged himself to do what he does and it was fun to watch. And it was a lot of fun to watch and Hawkeye Nation seeing Jordan Bohannon pop all those threes. Um, if we can get, again, I've said it all along, Luka Garza cannot be expected to be the only guy carrying this team offensively. You need at least two shooters to be draining shots. That gets Iowa's offense going. It works that inside-out game where Luka Garza was getting doubled a lot by Northwestern. He was able to kick it out, and shooters were going to be were able to hit their shots reliably. That's what Iowa needs to continue working throughout the season. Next up, they get Rutgers. They get Rutgers coming up in just a couple days. That is going to be a battle. Rutgers is never an easy team to face, especially this season. They are a very strong defensive team, and I'm excited to see how Iowa responds in that kind of environment on the road. Again, on the road is never easy in the Big Ten, but Iowa needs to do it. They need to be able to take down teams on the road to be able to win the Big Ten, ultimately secure a top spot in the NCAA tournament. So we're going to be covering that on segment number three of the show, Iowa's game versus Rutgers, Saturday, January 2nd. Before we get into that, though, you know I got this awesome message for you because if you've heard me talk about anything sports-related, and I'm assuming you have if you're listening to the show, I love betting on games, and there are so many games going on right now. We have college football and bowl season. We got the final regular season week of NFL heading into the playoffs. We got NHL starting up, the NBA's here, and of course, college basketball. And there's only one place that has you covered and one place that I trust to place all of my, basically handle all my betting needs, and that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and do not forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your deposit. You want to take advantage of all these amazing games, put a little extra money in your pocket, go to betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And if you haven't had an opportunity to try some of the other fantastic podcasts that we have on this network, it is a very expansive network that continues to grow every single day. I highly recommend you check out the Locked On NFL podcast as they break down 
draft prospects, what is happening in the NFL. They're going to be talking about a lot of Iowa Hawkeyes because we got some highly ranked draft prospects. Davian Nixon has officially declared for the NFL draft. They're going to be talking about him. They're going to be talking about guys like George Kittle who signed a new big contract last year, one of the top tight ends in the NFL. You can find all those takes on the Locked On NFL podcast. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcast at. And let's get into that Rutgers game. We have that game Saturday. It's going to be a tough game. Again, every game on the road is difficult in the Big Ten. There is no denying that. It is always going to be difficult on the road in the Big Ten. Iowa gets Rutgers Saturday afternoon. And Rutgers is, you know, they're coming in with a with a solid schedule so far. They've done a fantastic job this season, currently ranked 14th in the nation. However, and this, this could change game by game, Ron Harper Jr. is out as of right now. Again, that is a huge I cannot understate or overstate that. That is a huge loss for Rutgers. Ron Harper Jr. is a phenomenal player, and he's had some fantastic games against Iowa. He is a baller and a guy who is going to be sorely missed if they are unable to have him against Iowa. Rutgers coming off an 81-76 win over a Purdue team, the Iowa shellacked a couple weeks ago. Rutgers, and one of the things we talked about it with Bakar Evelyn coming into the season when we did our preview of the Big Ten was that Rutgers plays a very aggressive style of defense. They get their hands in the passing lanes. They're, they got a lot of length. Um, they don't have a lot of you know height-wise size, but they have a lot of length, and they're able to get into the passing lanes and do some phenomenal stuff there um, as far as forcing turnovers and whatnot. Now, that being said, this team does have some issues. We talk about forcing turnovers. They're great at stealing the ball, but not necessarily forcing turnovers, which I think is interesting given the length of their team and how they've really impacted the offensive game plan of Iowa in the past. They're also a bit slower of a team, so it's going to be important for Iowa to get out running. You want to get Rutgers doing that same style of, of play. You want them running as well because you want to get them out of their norm, and Rutgers is a little bit slower of a team. They can also shoot the three really well. They're shooting at a clip of 39.3%, which is 28th in the nation. However... They don't rely on them as much. 31.2% of their shot attempts, 280th in the nation, are from three-point land. That is not a lot. So that is going to be something to watch out for. And one of the guys I would specifically watch out for from the Rutgers standpoint is Geo Baker. He has not shot well this year, but he is a stud. And he has shot well from three before. We've seen this happen with Iowa. They are a perfect team to get a struggling shooter going from three-point land. And Geo Baker is a guy to watch out for in this game, along with Jacob Young, who is a fantastic perimeter defender. I'm sure he'll be locked up on Jordan Bohannon throughout the game, and he's shooting 40% from three. So can Jordan Bohannon bring that defensive intensity back to this game against Rutgers? Iowa's going to need it. This is going to be a slugfest. It has been in the past. Iowa's going to need to bring that defensive intensity. Obviously, Luka Garza is going to, he's not going to have a game like he did this past week. He's going to be better, and we need those shots to fall when we have those open looks because it's not going to come by very easy against a team that's ranked 18th in Ken Palm, 14th in the nation, 17th in offensive adjusted efficiency, and 26th in defensive adjusted efficiency. And again, these games are never easy on the road. Their only loss was to Ohio State on the road, and they just took down Illinois a few weeks ago, 91-88. to This is a team I've been putting a lot of money on throughout the season because Rutgers has been so phenomenal. I think coming into the season, not a lot of people were talking about them as a contender for that number one spot, but they very much are. This team is a competitive team going to New Jersey. It's a long trip for Iowa. 
They're going to need to bring that defensive intensity and hit just a few more shots. Obviously, the offensive boards, can they continue to create second-chance opportunities for themselves, which has been a struggle in the past in the games Iowa has lost, specifically that Gonzaga game. Iowa just wasn't able to convert on second-chance opportunities. They were able to allow, or they allowed Gonzaga to do the exact opposite of what they wanted to, which was convert on those second-chance opportunities. But again, we've seen Iowa be more aggressive on the boards. Jordan Mohanan has been getting involved. Joe Wieskamp has been a phenomenal player getting involved in the boards as well. And Luka Garza continues to get his as well. So that's my thoughts coming into this game. I do believe Iowa should and could, or could and should, I should say, win this game against Rutgers. But it is going to be close. My guess is coming down to the final possession or the final two possessions for Iowa to take home this victory against Rutgers in a big big-time road game, Big Ten matchup for the Hawks. That does it, though, for our show today. Coming up tomorrow, I know it's New Year's Day, but we have Leah Van, the new Iowa Hawkeye football beat reporter for the Cedar Rapids Gazette. She's going to be joining the show, and her story is so fun to listen to. Um, Just an incredible story. You're going to really enjoy hearing about how she even got to this point and what she's going to be bringing to your Iowa Hawkeye football coverage. So that's coming up tomorrow. Everyone out there, stay safe. I know it's New Year's Eve. Be safe out there so we can come back tomorrow, listen to more Lockdown Hawkeyes. And as always, folks, go Hawks.